This episode is sponsored by Appian, a technology leader in driving digital first insurance transformation. With Appian's low code automation platform, you can build enterprise apps and workflows rapidly in an agile environment. This episode is sponsored by Exactuals, perfecting insurance payments and the data driving them. Good morning, Gil. How are you? I'm great, Gilad. It's great to see you. Likewise. You know, this is going to be thick Israeli accent uh, podcast today. And, you know, first of all, I love your background. Do you play the piano? Well, to tell you the truth, I started as a violinist. <laughs> Nobody okay. knows that, by the way. <laughs> now everyone knows but- that. Okay, so I started as a violinist and I have a perfect pitch. So since then I play many, many kinds of instruments, mostly guitar and piano. Yeah. Oh, when when I was a teenager and I, you know, I was like, I had the long hair and I was trying to play the guitar. I hated you guys, seriously, because I'm like death tone. I could, I play, I'm a lefty. I try to play the guitar like a righty. Oh, and it was cool. like, the best I managed to do were like the three chords of Machina. So that was okay. like my, yeah, at best. And but as a lefty, it's uh, it's very cool to play as a lefty on uh, on the other side of the guitar. So it's very cool. It's like, uh, yeah. Thank you. I wish I met you like I don't know twenty, no thirty. Oh God, that was like almost thirty years ago. But yeah, we are growing up very very fast. Time goes by. But today we are talking about insurance and especially yep. your activities. Because to people that don't know you, you were CIO of Klal, and I'm not sure that people are familiar with Klal. Can you give us a quick background about yourself and yeah. your insurance background before we dive into investments and the amazing things that you have been yeah, doing sure. in that space? Sure. Well, thank you. Um... Great. So I'm 55. I'm I live in I'm based in Tel Aviv. I was born in Tel Aviv. I very much like this uh, city, and I'm a CPA in my occupation. And during my career, I spent 21 years in the insurance industry. I was a C-level manager and board member in the three top insurance companies in Israel, Migdal, Phoenix, and Klal. In many roles, most on the business side, innovation side, as an IT side. And my last role was the CEO of Cloud, one of the leading insurance companies in Israel. And uh, after 21 years, it was like five and a half years ago, I established FinTLV, which was uh, like a gig after 21 years as, uh, working in a, in, a, in a corporate. Where are your funding standing? You're actually going to start Fund 2. When did you start the fund? For fund 1. Okay, basically, we're already in, investing now in the middle of the fund too. Right oh, you're now. already in the middle of fund too? Yes, so, we do okay. things very fast. Yeah, yes. so we, the, first, uh, the first closing of fund one was in September 2nd, 2018. We had the first very small fund. Uh, it's like, it was like around $40 million fund. And that's what we did for the first closing. And uh, as a first time fund, it was okay. But uh, the fund is not the real story behind uh, what we do. Because um, 
what we have uh, established in the last five or almost six years is basically a big network and ecosystem of insurance companies, reinsurance companies, MGAs, brokers, many, many startups from all around the world. And this ecosystem is working constantly to bring value to all the value chain of the insurance industry. So every anytime we have some opportunity to some part of this ecosystem, we bring this opportunity to the ecosystem without asking for anything, just because we believe that bringing value to the ecosystem makes things much uh, easier later on and it, it, it comes back to you. And that's exactly what happened with uh, FinTLV because FinTLV is now already almost $500 million in asset under management. And we already, in, the, in, two and a, in less than three years, um, since we started the investments, um, and we currently, I think, one of the leading InsurTech venture ca capitals in the world because we are very much global. And, uh, for example, I, I led the last round of Next Insurance, and we also participated in the previous round of Next Insurance together with Google. I led the last round of Hippo Insurance. Uh, we invested in uh, Corvus, in uh, Uncork. These are top uh, top tier insurance uh, insurtech uh, startups, and we are very much focused not only on late stage investments, but we are all the time trying to understand what would be the next trends in the insurance industry. Because when we speak about the disruption in this industry, it's only the start. We haven't started scratching it yet, and this is a huge industry. It's five times bigger than the uh, uh, bank industry. So uh, we all the time try to see what, a, what the future is going to bring. We work with our partners on the ecosystem. It's like 150 insurance companies from all around the world, from all the regions. We try to understand what to predict what will be next. And we try to focus our uh, investments into these type of uh, trends and uh, uh, forecasts. Now, I'm just uh, giggling here to myself because I have a feeling that it's going to be one of those monologue, monologue conversations. Uh, because what you said already, okay. I want to now I want to break it all to several different things. Because what we've seen is that you, oppa, that's a, that's my usual time to wake up. It's seven. Okay, great. Let me make sure that I don't have another al alarm clock. Which it's funny, it's going to be in the podcast. There is no way I'm taking this out. Now, okay. you, it's like from all you said already. So you in three years of investments, you already accumulated half a billion in asset management. You basically became very quickly one of the heavy hitters in the industry. I'm now I managed to catch you between a board meeting with Corvus and Spinnaker, which we are going to have this uh, podcast recording very, very fast. So that will be number two. Um, you had, so you are leading the different uh, um, uh, rounds and you talked about your first fund. So that will be three. Number four will be, you had your first round, uh, your first fund, 40 million, then 120. I have a feeling that next year you already start to recruit, for, you know, raising money for your third, if not fourth fund. And then 
I completely forgot. There were so many different things that you managed to talk about. Oh, so an Israeli fund, which is a global fund. Usually, now the thing yeah. is that people don't understand or don't understand that Israel is the size of Jersey. So we're talking about a market of 9 million people. How come there are so many insurance companies and so much activity that managed to get that so much insight? So which oh. one do you want to, to answer first or to dive into that detail? <laughs> because I there are so many First of all, we got lucky, I think. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is we need to thank COVID for a lot of what happened to Fintilvi. I'll explain. And that's what made us more, let's say, international or global, because in prior times, if you wanted to become a global fund, you need to have offices in, in, the, in New York, in China, in many other places. And we, invest, we invested in, in Europe, in UK, in the US. Most of our investments are US-based companies. And we're located in Israel. So this is, uh, that's the first question. How come you're so global? So I think that what COVID brought us is that no matter where you are located, if you have a good domain expertise and you understand the business, you can make a lot of investments in different places which, which, no, which are no, not connected to the uh, uh, place you are, you are based in. And this is, I think, part of what happened with COVID. And that's where we led the HIPO round and the next insurance round, etc., and Corvus, etc., 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 and it enabled us to be in the same row with all other VCs from all around the world because everybody was used was working from home. It doesn't make any difference where you are where you are from, and uh, I think that's the first thing. So, how did you manage to position yourself to lead the different deals? Especially, let's take, uh, for example, next. That was a huge round. Yeah. How did you manage to build that up and to set yourself as a leader? Okay, that's that's a great question. I think uh, it, I, I ask myself the same questions all the time. I think, uh, yeah, th seriously, I think the, I, okay, I think that for myself and my uh, and our team, we are four uh, four partners at FinTLV. I think for us the most important important thing that we are doing is bringing value to our portfolio companies. And I, I think that the fact that I come from the insurance business and we have a very strong domain expertise and very strong ecosystem, that helps a lot. And I would like to explain. When we are investing in an insurtech company, ne never mind which, what's the name of the company, we are bringing a lot of experience and we are bringing a lot of knowledge, which means we can help the company to grow. We can help the company to have better reinsurance treaties. We can have the company get better terms on the seeding commissions. We can help the company build uh, additional rounds and additional capital. We help building uh, debt facilities and debt rounds. We are now helping in one, for, for one of our uh, companies to build a new captive 
in, in the US, which will enable us to have more uh, risk capital and to take more risk on our balance sheet. So we are coming with all these good things and we provide it to the portfolio companies we invest in. And that's why we first built relationship and that's why we first invested, invested in Next Insurance, for example, together with Google. And this was the previous round. And when the company knows us and understand our ability to bring value, then it's our place also to lead the next round. And we know how to contemplate very quickly big rounds with big dollars. And uh, because we know the company very well and the due diligence process and all this is going to is taking only four to five weeks. And I think that was the part of success of leading the Hippo and Next Insurance and other companies. And um, uh, we very much like this uh, type of bringing value. So we are very active in this company. And now it's a question of the future. Where is your, let's call it investment appetite? You invested and led rounds of let's basically hundreds of millions. Yeah. Are you only investing in the D, C? Where is your, you know, your investment appetite? Great. Okay. So, okay. We have no limits in terms of um, uh, maturity. So we know how to invest in early stage companies. And we recently invested in an early stage company called Switch. I'll explain why, because it's not an insurtech company. And we also invest in pre-IPO rounds like Hipponext and uh, Uncork and others. And the reason we, we do these type of investments is exactly as you mentioned, we are trying to see the future and understand the trends. And if I take the uh, global trends, as we see it in the insurance industry, we see major things that we are coming from maybe four or five directions. The first one is the transmission to uh, prevention from catastrophe handling. And we see this in all the lines of businesses of the insurance industry, from PNC to life and health, etc. We can discuss about it, of course, if you'd like. We see a huge shift coming from the health insurance products and the terms and the, um, uh, the risks that are behind these project, pro products. And there, there, is, there is a huge shift in terms of the actuarial and the data behind the uh, health insurance products. And we see a very uh, large amount of things happening in Asia and in the things that are connected with embedded insurance, parametric insurance, and uh, uh, stuff like that. And I can explain about all of them. Yes, please, pick one. For example, we recently invested in Switch. It's an early stage digital health company that helps prevent diabetes. But why did we invest in this company if it's not an insurtech company and it's early stage? Because in our perspective of the future, first of all, the prevention thing is getting stronger and stronger. 
most of the insurance companies in the world are now looking at prevention as their major uh, challenge. We start with, of course, P PNC and let's say uh, HIPO, for example. Every home that is insured at HIPO gets a set of IoT devices and connects them to HIPO. And then we know if you have leaks, et cetera, et cetera, that's prevention. And many of the insurance companies decided instead of taking care of catastrophes and handling care and handling the catastrophes, they're taking care of uh, doing more preventive or preventive maintenance. The same in health and life. So you can see a lot of digital health uh, uh, products and a lot of things coming from uh, uh, the health side to prevent diseases, to have a better life, to have a longer life, which will be more healthy, etc. Et it started with companies like uh, um, uh, Discovery and for, uh, the uh, uh, Vitality program that everybody knows. But now everybody understands that in terms of health insurance, you should be more proactively prevent diseases and prevent aging, etc., etc. And this is why we invested in Switch, for example, and we are now taking Switch to the insurance industry and working with reinsurance companies to build uh, products that will be based on this type of technologies. And so we, we try to analyze the future trends and to work by these future trends. That's exactly why we invested in Corvus, because we believe that specialties, especially cyber insurance, is only at the beginning. And this is going to be a huge, huge big bang on, uh, on this type of uh, 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 products. You mentioned the Big Bang, this is the second time, and you think that InsurTech is going to be bigger than FinTech or the banking. How come? Where is the opportunity beside that we have Asia, India, Africa, and a few billion people that haven't tapped into, you know, basically insuring their assets? That, you already answered the question in, in many ways, but I want to emphasize a few um, a few facts. The, everybody knows that the insurance industry, global insurance industry, is can be measured at seven to eight trillion dollars. That's that's the total addressable market of this global industry. What we know for sure is that in this global, we have a huge amount of population which is underinsured, which has a lot of things that already um, needs to be insured and we have 100% mobile smartphone and mobiles and digital and internet by the end of 25 100% of the world's population is going to be covered with internet 100% 8 billion people now the result can be measured very easily by what's going on with the embedded insurance, especially in China and the Far East. So what we are assuming is that in the next seven to eight years, the embedded insurance, uh, global embedded insurance is going to be worse and has $3 trillion in underwritten premium annually, which is a huge, huge, huge market. And we can see the start in companies like uh, Zhongan, 
like uh, Alipay and like uh, Tencent, which has WeChat. And you would not believe that Alipay built on their payment system, system and embedded insurance platform that already sold last year $8 billion in premiums. The same for uh, WeChat. WeChat is like uh, WhatsApp, it's like Facebook Messenger. But WeChat in China, it serves 1.1 billion people. And this WeChat has an embedded insurance platform inside WeChat that last year sold uh, $4 billion in premium. And these premiums are very small, very micro insurance premiums, even uh, a coverage for your uh, um, smartphone uh, screen and etc. But from any type of insurance, from uh, uh, general uh, liability to health products, to travel, etc., etc., etc. The best example I can give you is companies like Zhongan, which was established by Jack Ma and, and to to cover the uh, the um, uh, uh, the thing that they were sending by mail. But Zhongan is now uh, selling eight billion eight billion policies every year with an average uh, premium of 30 cents, which means they are very, very efficient, they cost effective, and they have the ability to do mass production of insurance. And this type of insurance are going to uh, become more and more uh, um, um, feasible in our lives, especially in the underserved market and the underinsured market. So these trends are going to reflect on the whole industry in the next year. So is that something that we need to look at and copy and implement in the US, Latin America and Europe? Or is that something that entrepreneurs can go into Asia, India and try to do it over there? Great question. I think we are already doing this. I think we're already doing this. I will give examples. Um, if Uber is now doing an embedded insurance in the UK with Insure, this is already being done. If we sell warranties with all the goods that we buy, it's already embedded insurance. If we, um, if for example, we have Tesla now selling insurance or establishing their own insurance company to sell you insurance when you get the car and it will be a Tesla insurance. In my observation, this is a managed insurance. And this is part of the reality that we live in. And this is before we discuss about what's going on with the tech giants that are entering the insurance industry. But um, I think that the embedded insurance is happening now. And I can give you another example of a company we we uh, invested in. It's uh, okay. It's it's under uh, the radar now. I don't want to, to put names, but the aim of this company is to become the biggest and strongest player in the U.S. for embedded and parametric insurance. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't need to dive or to reveal names of uh, companies that it's too sensitive for them, and you know. Here, as a founder of an embedded insurance platform that had to close it, had to close that startup after two years of operation at the beginning of COVID, it's painful for me to hear. And I told that yeah. to uh, previous uh, interviewees, 
uh, like uh, Ben Monroe from Brisa, and of course uh, they from a, a, a Coterie that they are building their own infrastructure and embedded insurance, and it's a little bit yeah. what <clears throat> what I see is that we have a different definitions of the embedded insurance concept and flow and where it is because when I think about WeChat, WeChat owns the channel. That's the channel. This is how right. in China everyone is paying. They get their social credit. The, everything is going through. WeChat from communication, you know, that will be their favorite uh, messenger and doing the payments. So when Facebook tried to do a copy paste uh, and customize for them, it was like, yeah, we should try to figure that out. Soon enough, we're going to see the EU one or other crypto that most likely will be part of it. And yeah. that completely everything will go all communication, your life, your analytics, whatever that may be, will go through that channel. So. And when we take that and simplify, cut and break, and we look at the, as you mentioned, Uber and uh, Insure completely makes sense. You're already in there. There is no need. It's not that that click, oh, do you want the insurance with your flight uh, ticket? Yeah, just uncheck this box or check this box and Allianz uh, will sell you that policy. Yes. It's going but to be... God, this is, at yeah. the end of the day, it's a question of, of CAC, of customer acquisition cost. Yeah. So the whole game here is uh, zero CAC. Yeah, that's, that's the main motivation because you already made the work to bring the customer. Now you sell him exactly. the insurance. And this is like you... an upsell. Mm -hmm. It's an upsell. Uh, sorry, it's a cross-sell or basically providing the insurance and the insurance become a service. It's not that mandatory exactly. pain, go to the dentist kind of feeling. It's like, oh, by the way, you should have insurance so you can protect the asset. You can protect whatever, you know, you wanted to buy. Now the, the I forgot the name of that company that they insure uh, shows and tickets to shows. And, yes, but it's, it's the same too. Sorry, say that again? Yeah, it's called Setu. Ah, Setu. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. It's a parametric, it's a parametric product mm -hmm. that is uh, triggered by third party. And uh, as you know, parametric, that, that type of product. And this, these products are great because they have zero friction with the customer and, and automated claims uh, processes which enables you to be very effective in one hand and on the other hand to uh, control your losses very uh, easily because usually it's a short-term products. So you can tweak the, uh, uh, and the, the, the actuary very easily and make sure you're uh, in, in a level of loss ratio you would like to be. Gil, I know that we are short on time today, especially because you are between different board meetings. So one, I have two more questions for you. The first one will be about how, what type of entrepreneurs should, it, should reach out to you and how they can reach you. And the other one will be the regular question that I ask at the end of any podcast, which will be, please give us a recommendation that you picked up during COVID, during lockdown, it can be a book, TV show, a life hack, whatever that may be. 
Wow, amazing, great. Okay, so I'll start with the recommendation. It's a book that I just um, um, downloaded uh, um, uh, to my Audible. Um, and I think it's part of what we are seeing in the future. And it's very interesting to understand. Uh, it's a, the book is called Lifespan by David uh, Sinclair. And uh, the, the, the aim of this book is to ask a question, is to answer the question why we age and why we don't have to. Okay? And this is very interesting to listen about the uh, things that you can do to uh, uh, take care of your longevity, etc. And I very much, uh, um, I can say that this is a very interesting book. Uh, this is my recommendation. Uh, my other recommendation is after COVID and everybody is now getting vaccinated, you should go to as much as concerts as you can and enjoy life. That's my recommendation. And I do that and every concert I see, I go. And I never, uh, um, I, I never uh, um, um, uh, hesitate. Um, about, uh, about our business, I think everybody can approach us very easily. And I'm happy to say and to share with you that everywhere that we can help and bring value, we will do that without uh, any ask. So if you think that we might be helping you to get uh, maybe capital, but that's not the main major things, to get opportunities to see, uh, to get connections or to get connected with others, I'm happy to share, I'm happy to connect you with insurance companies or whatever you need, you're needing. Uh, of course, if this is a, a, a proper fit, and uh, you can always reach me at my email. It's gil at fintlv.com. Very easy to remember. And uh, that's it. Fantastic. Gil, thank you very, very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.